Welcome to another episode of Cinema Snobs, the podcast where we talk all about movies and our obsession with them. I'm Aaron O'Banion, and I am here with Christopher Sneed. And we've got another good show for you today. We have a review we're going to do of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And we're going to follow that up with a top five list of yes. uh, top five child characters. But um, maybe to kick things off, uh, as we are recording in the Halloween season, um, I thought we could maybe talk a bit about uh, the new... Halloween film, which yes. uh, you just saw over the weekend. I did. Yeah? I did. We're, um, you and I are both fans of the original movie. Yeah. And, of course, John Carpenter, we have not um, not been shy about our love for him. Yeah. And uh, so I was unbelievably stoked to go watch this, uh, this new one by Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. And it sounded really interesting. Of course, Jamie Lee Curtis is back on board, and um, uh, John Carpenter was pr- uh, producer and mm-hmm. music. Uh, gave gave the movie his blessing. So I was like, man, this has got to be great. So I'm not going to do any spoilers because this isn't a review for that. But yeah, I will say that um, the movie was entertaining. It did not blow my socks off. Okay. Um. Will I watch it again? Absolutely. And I hope that there's maybe a, a different cut of the movie that they'll release, you know, as they usually do. Mm-hmm. That'll maybe take care of some of the issues that I had. Um, but it's a hard act to follow, and I probably unfairly compare it to H2O. Because mm. uh, H2O is also sort of a, here's 20 years after the trauma happened and what happened to Laurie Strode. and Right. Uh, of course, this one is... Um, as they've said, is is a, a different avenue, an alternative timeline mm-hmm. uh, for her character. And I felt like H2O just kind of did a better job of handling the, juggling the the drama with the horror and um, building their excitement. But it wasn't a bad movie by any means. Yeah. So hmm. that's my little quick mini spiel on it. Yeah, yeah. I was curious to get your thoughts because I know you're a, a big fan of the of the original and uh, of the franchise absolutely um more so than i am because i've only ever seen the original so uh, um, you should check out h2o too it's pretty good yeah yeah i would like to check out some others so yeah all right so yeah that's our halloween sh- stint Yes. For this, <laughs> for this one, so we kind of move move away from the, well, not completely away from the scary, but right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, um, yeah. You want to 
go ahead and dive into our review here. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, this was one you chose. I did, yes. Um, I chose it. Um, I don't know if I had any particular reasoning for it other than it just, uh, I was going through a bunch of different titles and this one kind of jumped out at me for whatever the reason. Um, it's one that I had not seen for a few years and um, kind of wanted to revisit it. This is uh, the original 1971 film um, directed by Mel Stewart. Um, it's based on the book by Roald Dahl. And um, he also wrote the screenplay, but um, apparently that got a rewrite uh, from someone else. Um, hmm. And uh, subsequently, uh, Dahl was not uh, not happy with the how the film uh, turned out. <laughs> um, oh, wow. But um, that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so yeah, this one um, I think probably most people know the the story or have seen the film, um, mm-hmm. but it's um, about a a young boy named. Charlie, uh, who is, um, he's a poor kid who is seeking, uh, one of five coveted golden tickets that will, uh, get him inside, uh, Willy Wonka's mysterious chocolate factory. Um, so that's, that's kind of, um, the setup to the film and, um, what, um, what is your history with this this movie? I know you've seen it before. Um, when um, when did you first watch it, and um, what were your what were your impressions then and and now? Oh gosh, um, I mean, I saw it pretty young. Um, I would say maybe somewhere between the ages of ten and twelve. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course it stuck me, it stuck with me. It was this, um, sort of magical movie, um, really big, um, really colorful music. I mean, it was everything this kid liked, Mm -hmm. um, in those kind of movies It kept my attention. And, um, you know, there's those certain movies that used to come on TV, like before we got the internet, (laughs) I'm old. (laughs) Um, and it was when they came on, it was like special. You just stopped doing what you were doing. And, mm-hmm. and this was kind of one of those movies for me. I just stopped whatever I was doing and we'll watch it. Yeah. So, and watching it again, I, it's, uh, for me, it's sort of transportive. It, it, uh, brings me back to that same moment. Like I, uh, still feel swept away by the, the, the movie, the story and, and how they did it. Yeah. So, hmm. what about uh, what about you compared to compared to the first time you saw it, or early when you saw it, and now? Um, I would say that it it holds up the same uh, for me. I saw it um, maybe a little bit later. Um, well, not much later. I was probably 
I don't know, 13 or 14 the first time I saw it. And yeah, okay. it, it is one of those movies that, um, you know, whenever it, it was on TV, I would usually stop and watch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was, like you said, very... Um, it's a film that you really can get just swept up in very easily. Um, right. It's very... Um, very colorful and there's a lot of memorable characters um, mm-hmm. Willy Wonka being the most memorable um, yeah just, just kind of following on especially once you're you're on that journey in the factory mm-hmm. um, I would say it um, I enjoyed it just as much now uh, as I did back when I first saw it. But, um, yeah, I guess um, in doing a bit of research on the film, I guess um, upon uh, upon initial release, it wasn't that successful of a film and has uh, just over the years become a favorite for people. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just one of those films that has caught on. Um I don't think it did like badly or anything when it was first released, but just nothing, nothing special. Mm. Um, and I, I think it was a relatively modest budget for, um, for the type of film that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember how much? Um, uh, I want to say six million. Oh wow! But I, I may be wrong on that. But um, maybe we can dive into um, to start at the beginning. Um, yeah. We um, we start off um, at the candy shop, mm-hmm. uh, and we get the first song of the film right off the bat: uh, "The Candy Man." Um, right. Which uh, I think it does a really good job um, just immediately setting up the world of the film, um, getting us uh, introduced in a way to Wonka and everyone's fascination with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, I think it's a really good song, too. Um, yeah. yeah. It's probably... It's one of my favorites uh, in the movie. Um, and uh, I also really liked um, the editing of that mm-hmm. particular scene. But, um, yeah, and, and from there we're pretty much immediately introduced to Charlie, uh, who's, it's pretty good setup for the character, um, just uh, immediately you know who the kid is he's he's on the outside looking in at all the other kids enjoying themselves and he can't join in um but um yeah then we're we're introduced to uh Charlie's family and um all of the grandparents <laughs> in uh in their bed 
<laughs> yeah, that was kind of odd as a kid. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I think that's the first really kind of odd thing about the movie. There's many others, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and um, it's set up uh, that they are, you know, fairly poor people and. Um, and apparently the grandparents have been in that same bed for like 20 years. Right. <laughs> um, after that, um, the contest uh, is introduced pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, and we get introduced to, uh, some of the other characters briefly uh, as they each kind of win their their golden ticket um and uh, i guess the uh, the thing with this movie is i um growing up anyways i would typically whenever this was on tv i would i would tend to catch like the last half of it for the most part um, mostly just the, the actual factory stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm uh, not that I, um, had a vague memory of, of the first half or anything, but I'm less well-versed in it. Um, so it was kind of, uh, kind of nice to watch it again with fresh eyes. Right. Um, and I really liked, uh, I like the humor of this movie um it's uh and in, in the first half they have um several good gags going through it and um i i really just like the overall uh tone of it in that people are so um just obsessed with wonka and this contest um, that they go to such ridiculous lengths to try to get a golden ticket and it's all that people seem to talk about. Um, there's a lot of humor related to that. Um, yeah. like, um, I really liked the, uh, Charlie's teacher. Um, he's very funny in it essentially just canceling class <laughs> <laughs> and um there were a few other things like very short little um little scenes that they did throughout this first half um that were just kind of one-off scenes um there was the uh, there's an auction scene where they're auctioning off like the last uh, or one of the last boxes of Wonka bars and uh, <laughs> and uh, at the end of it I guess he gets a the guy gets a bid from the queen um <laughs> so just just stuff like that there's um a scene of a woman who's uh, being told that by the police that her husband is being held for ransom <laughs> and <laughs> that's probably my favorite of those yeah yeah that's pretty good and she has to decide between giving up the Wonka bars or 
not seeing her husband again and she just can't decide. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, just uh, quick little things like that I really liked. Um, yeah. But um, as far as, like, the, the kind of first, um, like, half an hour or so, are there things that that especially stick out to you or uh, what are your what are your impressions um well after after all that i mean the the movie has good pacing mm-hmm. um and i never really lose interest but like you said a lot of they do a really good job of not rushing the setup of this world that we live in mm-hmm. and then tying it to uh wonka and his factory yeah um, and it gets its next of many um, lives when um, the the fake out happens. Mm-hmm. Um, when after Charlie um, is still hoping, and and the uh, TV announcement happens, um, and of course we all know that that's not the end of the story because it wouldn't make sense. But right. Um, but um, I sort of, what's so wonderful about that transition from that to um, the next uh, chapter of the movie, if you will, is um, how much the audience, at least for me as an audience member, um, had attached myself so much to Charlie by that point Mm -hmm. um, that I still had an emotional connection to him thinking that he had lost out yeah. And then, uh, and then feeling this this bit of joy, you know, when when it finally gets revealed um, that that's not true, and he he gets his ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, between that and I know they have um, their musical number when he returns home, um, yeah. and and notifies the family, and he and Grandpa Joe um, have their have their moment. Um, which, did you know, and this is probably jumping, but since we brought up Grandpa Joe, mm-hmm. um, did you know that there was a, like a, I hate Grandpa Joe movement? Oh, really? Did you know this? No. <laughs> okay, so uh, slightly off, slightly, slightly off topic, but uh-huh. um, if I can derail for a minute, apparently people watched the movie and they were irritated that uh, Grandpa Joe appeared bedridden. Mm-hmm. Until until Charlie shows up with a ticket, right? That he ends up saying, "Oh, look, I got this opportunity," and then he jumps up out of bed and he's like completely healthy and capable of <laughs> doing a dance number. <laughs> You're like, "Why isn't he out working?" Right. Uh, <laughs> um, not to ruin anyone's childhood or anything, but <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but but I also wondered if 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 that was intentional only because. Um, it is such a glaring thing. And Grandpa Joe is, um, while he's nice and he's a grandpa, he's also not exactly um, innocent. Right. Uh, as we will later get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if, if maybe, I've never read the book, have you? No, I've not. Um, and I wonder what Grandpa Joe's character is really like. But um, I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy their relationship for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very warm and very sincerely loving, and the dance number kind of helps accentuate that. Yeah. 
Um, and then the, the next step is to um, head to the factory, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is one of my favorite introductions of a character uh, in a movie. It might not be the absolute favorite, but it is one of them. And that's when uh, when Wonka finally makes his appearance right. at the gate and does his little spiel, mm-hmm. uh, which apparently he demanded be in the movie. Yes, yes. Gene um, Wilder often mentioned that in interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is strange, but it it worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it did. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely um it definitely works and I guess his his reasoning behind that was um from that point onward no one would know um whether to believe him or not. Mhm. Um so yeah, that <laughs> it definitely serves the character um in a way even though you might not be thinking that. Mm-hmm. In the moment, um, maybe subconsciously, that kind of gives you that connection. Yeah, yeah, that he's that he's quirky, he's unpredictable, uh, and probably foreshadowing that he's um, that he's a trickster. Mm-hmm. That he's you know he's a he's a bit of a manipulator. Yeah, um, and that all kind of gets summed up in his intro, which is why it's such a great intro. Yeah. Um, but uh of course we i think it's interesting how they uh i think it's i think it's good old fashioned um movie making in how they introduce all of the characters mm-hmm. to be honest um even the the other kids that that uh, have joined charlie and the parents we we sort of get to know them not just all in some big character uh dumping Right. If you will, um, but as the the tour gets underway, um, we get to experience each each of these characters. Yeah, and I I liked each of their their intros as they were getting the tickets. Um, mm-hmm. It it really kind of sums up. I mean, not that they're complex characters by any means, but <laughs> um, you get a, a nice snapshot of each right off the bat. Um, so that you're, yeah, you're not just introduced to them when you get to the factory and, um, it doesn't waste any, they don't waste any time doing it. They give you what you need to know mm -hmm. before they, in those introductions. Right. Um, which, which I actually, I love that. I mean, sometimes I'm all about the slow, um, evolving, but like you said, these aren't multi-layered characters. Right. Um, so, yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Um, I, I guess one thing that I will say about the movie that might be um, a slight drawback for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you mentioned the pacing, and I, I think for the most part it it is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But it is uh, it takes a little while to actually get to the factory um and it's like close to halfway through the film um i was never bored by any means or thought that the film dragged outside of 
um, maybe one musical number, uh, <laughs> uh, which is Cheer Up Charlie. Uh, for me, out of all the songs, um, it could probably leave the film and and be perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah yeah i just i just don't think you really need the song particularly um yeah. i mean we kind of we get that charlie is sad and you know don't really need an extended song about it but that's true um but yeah that that's kind of the one the one thing for me that could you know could probably go but it's not a huge deal you know it's funny most uh, movies that have uh that are oh i hate to call this a musical but i guess it really is mm-hmm. um it is there's always seems to be that one song that uh you could cut yeah uh, and i'm not sure why the rest of the world seems to know it but the people who are doing the movies don't <laughs> I don't know. I can think of like, I can already think of four or five other musical movies that have a, a another number in it that doesn't propel the story or anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I suppose we should mention uh, the Slugworth character while we're yes. talking about the first, uh, first part of the film because he shows up uh, to each of the kids as they get their tickets um Mm -hmm. how he knows who's gonna win ahead of time i'm not quite sure how that works out but (laughs) it doesn't matter too much um (laughs) but uh yeah he's really the um kind of de facto villain uh Mm -hmm. for the film and um thought he was he was fairly effective um i mean he's a menacing looking guy and um Mm -hmm. i i guess while i was watching it i did wonder are these parents like paying attention to this guy as he walks up to their kids and starts you know talking to them uh, just kind of taking them aside and (laughs) right Right. well yeah i guess i didn't think about it because i've I disregarded most of them as poor parents anyway. That's true. So, so the fact that they're not, uh, not paying attention to who's talking to their kid doesn't throw me off too much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, none of them are wearing winning parents of the year. No, no, definitely not. Um, moving into the factory portion of the film, Mm-hmm. And introducing, uh, getting introduced to Willy Wonka and um, all of his. Um, Say it. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> no, all of his uh, quirky ways. Oh, I thought uh, you meant his other characters. Well, sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Oompa Loompas. We can. Thank you. Can talk about them. Yeah. I don't know why I wanted to hear you say Oompa Loompa. But. Um, what are your thoughts on the Oompa Loompas? Um, I love them. Yeah. They're they're iconic to the movie as much as anything else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that 
I won't do this at any other point in this review, but it's the biggest disappointment in the remake um, that they weren't individual uh, people. Mm-hmm. And I loved that uh, these were individual people and, and they each had their own, even though they all looked the same, They I, I loved the fact that they were different. It gave me the feeling that they were, um, well, and I believe in the book they're like, from an island or some fantasy place or some right. s- strange location. And, and this this added to that, um, having them all be different. Um, and their songs were uh, nice and brief. Um, and each one was, to me, was entertaining. Um, a little silly. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of Wonka. So it kind of fit, it kind of fit in. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I I like all of their musical numbers. Um I've yeah, I've always found them very entertaining and um yeah. Mm-hmm. So love the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, one of the interesting things about them um because I Wonka um sort of discusses uh, a loneliness. There's like a loneliness factor. Mm-hmm. Um, in his life and you're thinking he's got all these Oompa Loompas but the wonderful thing about them is that they're so um, robotic they're so um, in the fact that they just work mm-hmm. um, that it's interesting that he's surrounded by all these living things but um, still has all of this which we'll get more into that at the end but yeah, um, that he has all of these these uh, beings around and still feels the way he does yeah so they're interesting and they're mysterious they are yeah um yeah i was interested to know more about them i mean we only see them working and i kind of wondered what do they do in their off time (laughs) (laughs) in the factory that'll be in the sequel that comes out someday right we find out about the oompa loompas yeah um, yeah, so, um, with the factory stuff, um, that's, uh, it's really when the, uh, the production design, um, shines the most in the film. Um, mm-hmm. there's a, just a ton of creativity put into, uh, each, each and every set really. Um, oh yeah. And yeah, there's, I mean, I think that's a part of the appeal to the film is that you can watch it so many times and um, probably take in different things in terms of uh, just the production design alone. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's amazing now thinking back on um, you talking about how much was spent. Mm-hmm. And thinking about how many different sets there were, how much design had to go into making that film. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should um, we should talk just about Willy Wonka uh, for a bit, just just as a character and our impressions of of uh, Gene Wilder's performance. Um it's definitely a, a favorite 
of mine. Uh, and as far as Wilder's career goes, it's um, probably his most iconic character. Um, yeah. I mean, you could maybe say Young Frankenstein, but um, I, I would think most people would would associate him with Willy Wonka first and first and foremost. Oh, I I agree. Um, you still see his image as Wonka on T-shirts and memes. Yeah. And, I mean, he's he and and that's that's quite an accomplishment to be that long-lasting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. What did you think of what did you think of his performance? Um. Oh, I thought it was really great. Um. He's um, he's a very complex character. Um, he's uh, like you said, he has this mystery about him, um, mm-hmm. but he's also um, he can be very uh, a very warm person. Um, and he's he has a lot of funny little quips and asides. Um, throughout, and um, yeah, he's he's kind of this magical, uh, at times insane person. Um, <laughs> that um, yeah, you just you want to get to know even more. So yeah, I think it's it's a great, great character and a great performance um, by Gene Wilder and. Um, I mean, I understand why it has, has withstood, uh, the test of time as much as it has, and I'm sure it will only continue to do so. Um, you mentioned him, um, being kind of a lonely character, and I think that's, that's true too. Um, at the same time, he... He doesn't seem to like most people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, or he's very, very picky about um, who he shares his company with. So yeah, um, that's kind of interesting too. Um, but yeah, um, uh, anything else on on Wonka the character? Um, I think just that. Um just that I what I love about the nuance of the character and how Wilder plays him is that there's always a gear turning mm-hmm. you can read it on his face just constantly if he's smiling if he's in a good mood if he's in a bad mood right um, it, there's always something else going on it's like he's planning for whatever's happening yes um, and and I I love that about him um he's almost like a part of a mad clockwork yeah machine <laughs> yeah so um and he's the big gear kind of uh, turning everything else yes um uh, i i love that and he can and the fact that the man can go from um whimsical to um almost frightening mm-hmm at a couple of different moments is uh, a testament to how how layered that character is. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. he's definitely a schemer. <laughs> yeah. So. 
Yep. Um, um, I guess um, maybe focusing in on the um, child performances a bit. Um, what uh, what were your impressions of the kids in the film? Do you think they did did all right, or you have some criticisms of them? You know, for the most part, I guess they did okay. Um, child acting has come so far. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, I mean, you could you could get some very truly realistic perform. Not that this is some great realistic movie, but. Um, <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's, you had your, for me, you had the range of like um, good child stage actors mm-hmm. to sort of um, maybe not quite as refined movie child actors. Right. Um, none of them bad by any means because they all, um, they all carried their one note really well. Yeah. Um, I believed them. Uh, it just sort of, and part of it was age. I think the older kids, which probably would have been um, Veruca mm-hmm. um, and um, maybe the older boy and, uh, of course, uh, Peter Ostrom played Charlie. Yeah. Um, I think they were, they were particularly good. Char- Charlie being the best to me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um I think I thought he was a great choice to sort of be the center figure um, of the kids, even though those moments got uh, moments got stolen by the other kids. But mm-hmm. one of the things for me with acting is if you give a character um, some wild, exaggerated moments mm-hmm. and emotional highs, those tend to get more attention. Mm-hmm. But they're not always necessarily the better performance. Right. And so while um, while the other kid performers did a, a really good job, I thought um, Ostrom, Charlie, did uh, did a wonderfully sensitive job, uh, very, very realistic, very um, poignant um, and believable. Um, and the other kids were cartoon characters. Right. I guess that's a good way to they, they were really good at playing uh, sort of cartoon versions of these bad attributes that yeah. they had. Yeah. So, what did you think of them? Uh, I thought they did all right. Uh, some are better than others. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I liked, um, I liked Peter Ostrom as well, and thought he really was able to carry, um, carry the story. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, uh, the girl that played Veruca, I thought was probably. Um, Probably the next best. She seemed to have, uh, I don't know this, but she seemed to have a little bit more experience than the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, and the others, uh, they're okay. Um, the kid that plays Augustus isn't great, but he's not given <laughs> a whole lot to do either. So, Right. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean... They're they're fine for for what they need to do, so yeah, no real complaints there. Child actors are are good. Child actor actors were, I think, far more difficult to find back then. Mm-hmm. Like really good, solid actors. So yeah. Um. So yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, 
Let's get to the boat ride. Let's just, let's get to that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, one of the strangest things <laughs> that I've ever seen in a, uh, not just a kid's movie, just in movies in general, I think. <laughs> Right. And um I I kind of love it for that. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it's it's just kind of wonderfully creepy um mm-hmm. and insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I don't I don't know what uh what went into that i mean mm-hmm. creatively you know the decisions behind that um but uh and and i don't know if there's anything like that in the book or not um but it's definitely uh, it's a highlight for me um mm-hmm. and um it's both funny and and terrifying yeah, I agree. Yeah. It um it's this it's the only moment like this that gets that um dark and insidious. Mhm. And they do such a good job throughout the whole movie really of making you a passenger, mm-hmm. making you another another member, and I'm not sure, I didn't look at it this way, but I I'm not sure how they manage to do that so well through all of these strange locations, but um, but when they get to that one in particular, I, I love how, uh, it seems like he's almost lost control, like mentally, <laughs> like, like he's just kind of, or he's showing his hand and being like, you know, I, you think things have been weird so far. Right. Um, I can make your lives pretty, <laughs> pretty awful. Um, because it's, it's. More so, I think, than any other moment, it's probably everybody looks horrified. Yeah. During that. Uh, and they don't know what to think. Neither, I mean, neither does the audience, but right. they don't know what to think during that. Um, and it, he doesn't explain it. He just kind of has that moment. And then <laughs> we move on. He's like, okay, <laughs> now that that's done. Yeah. Almost like he maybe does that daily just to get the crazy <laughs> out, like the dangerous crazy out. Right. <laughs> some rich, some weird ritual. <laughs> so it'd be interesting to look that up mm-hmm. at some point, to kind of research that scene and maybe what, if there was something else behind it that... Right. Um, that we didn't know. Do you know of anything? Do you know anything about that scene? No, I don't. I don't know specifically what... Uh, what went into that or the decisions behind it. Um, So, yeah, yeah, I'd be curious. I'm not going to lie. I think it might be probably one of my top three favorite scenes and maybe my second favorite song Hmm. because it's so weird and his voice sounds good in it, even though it's creepy and weird. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's the oddest part of the film and there's, um, uh, there's a lot of oddities, uh, throughout, but, um, 
and I, I guess that's, I don't know a whole lot about um, Roald Dahl, and um, I've never read any of his books or anything, but that's kind of his style, um, is to have these these kind of odd things happening, um, quirky things, I guess, but, mm -hmm. um, and, um, yeah, because, I mean, even... Even the things that end up happening uh, to the kids throughout as they're one by one um, kind of uh, dismissed uh, from the factory mm -hmm. in different ways um, are kind of uh, horrifying in their own way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, there's not... Uh, there's not too many films that make you enjoy uh, seeing kids being put into danger, but <laughs> but this right. is one of them. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds kind of messed up, but yeah, you know, they kind of had it coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, and doesn't this really doesn't that really just harken back to the old traditional? Um, fables and children's stories because they got kind of gruesome right um so uh, you know it's part of that teaching a lesson thing yeah <laughs> that's true i guess one thing um with the kids and their um yeah i mean each one has a uh a particular um I don't want to say vice, but a particular um, character flaw in mm -hmm. each. And I, I I understand all of them except maybe um, oh, Violet. Mm -hmm. um, her big thing is that she chews gum a lot. Right. And that is, that's seen as a as a big no-no <laughs> for Wonka. I mean, I get, I get the others like, uh, you know, Augustus is, is, he's a glutton and Veruca mm -hmm. is a brat and, and Mike TV, he, yeah, he watches TV a lot and he's kind of a zombie, but, um, I wasn't sure about the gum chewing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you can have too much of, anything mm -hmm. but how is gum any different than any of the other candy right the the gluttony uh, part of it yeah that's i never i guess i never really thought about that yeah i mean there is a um competitive um aspect to it because she keeps mentioning how she has like the world record or for longest um the longest gum chewing or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't know if that played into it somehow, being too competitive, but maybe I'm reading too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. There's a, there's a lot that could be read into this movie, mm -hmm. to be honest. So Yeah. I guess one other thing in the, as far as the second half goes, and maybe this is another... I wouldn't call it a criticism necessarily, but um, of course the first half focuses mostly on Charlie 
and um, does a really good job setting him up. And in the second half, the focus is really on Wonka. And you kind of, uh, I wouldn't say that you lose um, lose focus of Charlie, but he, he does seem a little bit more, um, he's just one of the characters on the ride, essentially. And right. Not really not really an active character at that point. Um, So that's maybe that it doesn't bother me in this film really. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I mean, typically that would be kind of an issue for, for most movies. Uh, You know why I think it doesn't bother me? I think, I think we've spent so much of the first part of the movie uh, sort of building this empathy for Charlie mm-hmm. and sort of um, sort of being on this journey with him yeah uh, before the craziness starts that when the craziness does start and they arrive at the factory we just become Charlie like we're we're spectators mm-hmm. um, and he's literally out of that entire group he is the only innocent character right the one bad thing he does, which we'll talk about later, yeah, uh, it wasn't his idea. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't even something he he was encouraged to do. This bad thing, right? Uh, so I I feel like um, we've gotten to know him, and it's kind of like when you're on a ride with your best friend. You don't necessarily pay attention to your best friend. You just kind of enjoy the ride, right? And you both kind of kind of observe and watch, mm-hmm. um, and so it didn't really. It didn't bother me so much. If they had probably done that through even the first part of the movie, like just introduced him and then had Wonka, or maybe that's why they did it the way they did it and had Wonka so late in the right. movie was so that we could really develop something for uh, Charlie first. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that would make sense. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you mentioned the, um, the, uh, what's it called? Fizzy lifting drink. Yes. That scene, maybe we should just move on to there because, um, yeah, that's, uh, that is kind of the one, the one time that, uh, Charlie messes up. Um, right. And it's not, um, not at his, um, suggestion to do that mm-hmm. um it's uh his grandpa who uh for one reason or another says hey let's <laughs> let's steal these fizzy lifting drinks real quick <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and uh separate from the group which uh, i mean it's kind of odd that they separate from the group because the group is pretty small at that point <laughs> Right. Um, you'd think somebody would say something, but um, that doesn't really matter too much. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the one one time that he messes up and um, kind of pays for it later. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's going back to to Grandpa Joe and how good of a guy. <laughs> <laughs> is he, I suppose. <laughs> right. 
just another thing on the list of why people probably don't like it. Right, right. Yeah, um, did you have any particular... Um, any particular sets within the factory that that you liked the most or this is going to be odd because it's i'm torn between two for two completely different reasons mm -hmm. uh, i love the chocolate river mm -hmm. and that that set is just remarkably beautiful and yeah funk functioning and um really just puts you in another world um and apparently there was real chocolate in that yeah chocolate river um so that's kind of kind of even additionally interesting yeah um the other room would be the one that uh that tv ends up in Ye i don't know why but that room st stands out to me yeah, I was going to mention that too, actually, and I don't know exactly why either, because it's just uh, <laughs> basically a white room, but yeah. Um, yeah, there is something about that that's kind of striking. Um, it kind of reminds me of um, of a sci-fi <laughs> film at that point. Um, actually, I think... Um, uh, there's the George Lucas's first film, uh, TA, THX one one three eight. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, it it kind of reminds me of that, um, which I think came out the same year. Um, but um, hmm. yeah, there's uh, I don't know what it is, <laughs> um, but yeah, seeing just a blank white room. Um, and the white suits. Yes. With the, yeah. yeah. But, I wonder if it is because it's so contradictory to everything else we've seen. Like, Yeah. I wonder if that's why it's kind of like a breath of fresh air, sort of. Because mm -hmm. um, everything's busy and full of people and pattern. and Right. Um, so I don't know. Hmm. But those, those are my two favorites. What about you? Um... Yeah, probably, probably the same. I mean, I like um, that that initial room um, with the chocolate river. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the big, um, the big uh, kind of money shot. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so, yeah, that's really kind of introducing. Uh, or kind of deeply immersing the characters uh, into the world of the factory. And um, those are probably my two favorites, yeah, that and the, yeah. the TV room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not that they all weren't uh, really enjoyable, mm -hmm. uh, well-thought-out sets. Yeah. Um, but those were kind of those were kind of standout moments, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. As far as the, I guess more towards the end of the film and the, um, the big confrontation at the, at the film's close between Charlie and Wonka, um, mm -hmm. that's. That's a favorite 
scene of mine. Actually, that set is uh, one of my favorites. Uh, his office. office, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that scene in particular is a favorite of mine. Um, seeing uh, angry Gene Wilder is always a treat for me <laughs> right um whenever he completely loses it uh it's pretty entertaining so um yeah and i i really love his his outburst and um just the reasoning for for him not uh giving charlie the prize and um mm -hmm. all of that and um and of course charlie's um, act of, of kindness um, really is kind of touching too yeah. so um, yeah yeah I love that scene um, and um, I guess that's a uh, you know what that's another instance of Grandpa Joe being not such a great guy <laughs> <laughs> what's that well because uh, he says uh, after Wonka has yelled at them and um, told them to leave. He says, um, well, if Slugworth wants an everlasting gobstopper, he'll get it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I forgot about, I forgot <laughs> about that. It's not looking too good for Grandpa Joe. Yeah. But I love the ending of the film, of course. Um, it's a very, um, kind of fairy tale ending. Yeah. Um some people might say sappy, but um I don't know. I think uh, after going on on this journey um with the characters, you kind of you kind of want that, you know. Yeah. So well, Char Charlie's uh the kid who truly deserves a sappy happy ending mm -hmm. yeah um so you you if it, it feels right it feels justified yeah i think yeah so uh i wanted to say something about that set the office mm -hmm. um because i was thinking about something when i was watching it i was uh you know how he has the the bust or half a bust that his hat's sitting on yeah the phone's in half, and I think it, about everything in there is yeah, every, in half. Yeah, everything is. Um, did you read anything into that, or was it just, did you chalk it up to um, Wonka's quirkiness? Um, I just chalked it up to quirkiness myself, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure you could read something into it, um, uh, something about his loneliness and um maybe he's he's looking for something or someone to kind of make him complete right um but i don't i don't know that that's intended necessarily but it's uh, where he and charlie get married <laughs> no i'm kidding uh, <laughs> That's the part we missed where they cut out where he gave him a ring and proposed. Right. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I just, you know, some of the, you never know in a movie sometimes what, uh, especially one like this where everything's so weird and abstract and bizarre at moments. Mm -hmm. 
um, that if it doesn't mean something, and this is probably one of the more uh, serious, straightforward scenes in the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so I just wondered. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how much more I have on the film necessarily. Um. Um. We didn't mention uh, pure imagination. Um, yes. That that rendition that's a that's a highlight of course um probably my favorite song yeah yeah it's a beautiful beautiful song yeah yeah but yeah i I don't um don't have much more um do you have have some other points um well just uh there's a little bit of trivia that i remember reading that um, the everybody, all of the guys from Monty Python mm-hmm. uh, vied for the role of Wonka. Oh uh, yeah, uh, which I think is interesting. Yeah, um, and I think in s- uh, some of them, most of them are really good actors, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they would have done fine, especially uh, the whimsical parts of it. I'm I would be concerned because. Um, Wilder is so good, like you said, it's sort of being angry. Yeah. <laughs> sort of, uh, he's kind of a well-rounded actor, which is funny to think because he's mostly done comedic uh, roles. Mm-hmm. But he actually is a very, uh, very good actor, very good at uh, tapping into a character. Yeah. Um, in a way, I don't think any of those guys might have been able to do. Yeah. Necessarily. Um, so yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was I thought that was some interesting trivia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's um, yeah. At this point, it's it's tough to picture anyone else other than Gene Wilder playing that part. Um, mm-hmm. Although I mean, there was <laughs> that remake uh, with right. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Okay, I said we weren't going to, but just like a line or two. What did you think of that movie? Um, I enjoy it. Did you? Yeah, it's um, it's not my favorite Tim Burton film by any means, but I I remember enjoying it. And I mean, I don't I, I don't really um, you know compare it to this film at all. I I tend not to do that with remakes uh, i try not yeah. to you know try to because they are kind of their own things and uh you know i i think that's i try to be fair anyways <laughs> right um but um yeah i i enjoy it okay i was just curious since we're on the willy wonka topic yeah yeah so um good good movie though yeah good movie um yeah very fun good uh some good songs uh good music mm-hmm. and um memorable performances um yeah set design um mm-hmm. costume design is really good too uh, as far mm-hmm. as that goes everybody has kind of a very distinct look to them and um so yeah 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 it's a classic absolutely yeah 
I enjoyed watching it again. Yes, yes, me too. All right, Professor, what's next? All right. Uh, well, we have our top five list. And uh, this one is top five child characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, I suppose really child and teenage uh, up to a point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we said uh, anything under 18. Yeah. So, yes, that's an an important distinction to make because there's definitely (laughs) a couple that (laughs) are teenagers on my my list. So, yeah. And I, again, I tried to keep mine uh, live action. Okay. Um, Not that you had to, that wasn't a requirement for anyone listening, but. Um, for my list, I tried to keep them live action and, um, I guess that's it. Yeah. So. Okay. No animals. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. No animals. All right. Um, well, uh, do you want to lead off this time? Uh, sure. I can do that. All right. Uh, so my number five is probably a strange choice considering how many child characters there are out there. Hmm. Um, but I chose him because, um, the character sort of became famous in a sea of interchangeable characters. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is a role, uh, first introduced, uh, by Corey Feldman. Okay. And uh, um, he's been in, he was in several movies as a a young under eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie I'm uh, shooting for and the role is uh, Tommy Jarvis in Friday Friday the Thirteenth the Final Chapter. Hmm. Okay. Now here's why. When I was trying to decipher uh, who I was going to choose, I wanted to go with, um, first of all, the actor who played them had to be good. Uh, The character had to be dynamic um, and interesting. And I wanted characters that had something of an impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And that character became so popular there there really weren't any characters from the out of all of the Friday the 13th movies there really weren't a lot of characters who um, either got brought back into the series or that fans talked about a lot like there's no identifying characters Mm -hmm. except for Tommy Jarvis and I think that's because Corey Feldman did such a wonderful job of uh, bringing something to a role that really could have been just a throwaway empty role yeah um, I think he did a, I think he did a really good job in that role and it's a very interesting character and he grew up to continue to be interesting to me. So, um, so that's why I chose him. Tommy Jarvis, Friday 13th, the final chapter. Have you ever seen that movie? Uh, I've only seen the first Friday the 13th. Oh, okay. So yeah, okay. not explored that franchise. Um, yeah, it's it's not my favorite franchise, um, but uh, they've actually fleshed out his character um, for a Friday the Thirteenth movie. So hmm. that's my that's my strangest choice on the list. I think. Okay. So, what do you got for number five? 
Uh, for my number five, I went with a... Um, I'm going to highlight more of a, a recent film. Um, okay. And the, the film is The Florida Project. Um, mm. And the character is named Mooney. Um, mm. And she's played by Brooklyn Prince. Um, a little six-year-old girl, I believe, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I wanted to highlight this one just based on... Um, really how natural the performance is. Um, it really does feel like a kid just being a kid. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, in this film, she, um, she and her mother are, uh, living in a hotel and they are, um, very poor, kind of living day to day. Um, and yet, um, this character kind of um, really just makes the best of her situation, and um, uh, she's really um, she's very funny, um, and she she says whatever comes into her head, um, <laughs> and um, she's very much a, a latchkey kid. She kind of travels around um, unsupervised and um, gets into some trouble here and there. Um, And, um, yeah, just a a very entertaining character. And um, I thought a very, very good performance, good natural performance. Um, You know, sometimes with with child performances they can be very um just very mannered and very um i don't know they just feel very kind of written yeah um i i mean i kind of uh i think of uh like some of dakota fanning's early roles are kind of like that um not to knock her i mean she did very well with with the role she had but um but it's a very different kind of performance than this um so yeah um that's my number five uh mooney from the florida project uh that is one i have not seen okay so uh, i'm not even sure i think I think I've seen it mentioned online somewhere for some reason. It sounds mm-hmm. really familiar, but I, I've never watched it. So, yeah, it um, came out last year and um, okay. got a little bit of awards buzz. Um, I think uh, Willem Dafoe got a supporting actor nomination for that. Hmm. So, big fan of his. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Nice. I like uh, I like finding movies to add to my watch list. Yeah. So. Um, well, uh, my number four is uh, is one of my favorite children's movies, mm-hmm. uh, fantasy children's movies. 
Um, and it is Bastion Bucks from the Neverending Story. Oh, okay. Uh, now, some some might be curious why I would choose him over um, um, the hero um, in the book. I can't remember his name. Atrail? I can't see his name. Um, but the, the you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, the hero that he's reading about that's sort of... Uh, uh, of the of the story he's reading mm-hmm. um, uh, would seem like a more likely choice um, but I actually enjoyed the purpose of Bastion um, the bullied kid who um, sort of gets sucked into this uh, fantasy and um, becomes a part of the story um and his passion, his passion behind what's going on in this story, mm-hmm. uh, it sort of makes me sad because people don't read as much anymore, and I feel like this is a um, this character is uh, epitomizes what it means to read a good novel or read a good children's story. Yeah, um, to get totally invested, get totally taken away, um, and uh, I just really find the character very endearing. Um, and I used to think when I was young, for some reason, I used to think he was Jamie Lee Curtis's son. I don't know. <laughs> I thought he looked a little like her, but, hmm. um, anyway, yeah, that part was played by, uh, Barrett Oliver, um, who did a lot of work back then in the eighties. Hmm. Um, but yeah, this, he's, he's my number, he's my number four choice. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. I think it holds up fairly well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, my number four mm-hmm. is Marty McFly from Back to the oh, Future. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've always loved the Back to the Future films, and... Um, as far as this character goes, I suppose it's um, probably his his relationship with Doc Brown that is kind of the most endearing um, mm-hmm. and really kind of um, is one of the things that makes the film work uh, as well as it does um, is just how they sell that relationship, um, which could come across as strange um but (laughs) but it doesn't um it it just kind of feels natural that these two guys would be friends um Mm. and they genuinely care about each other um and um I, i mean i i wouldn't say that that marty is um the most dynamic of characters like he doesn't really um doesn't really have much of a, a character arc, um, much like uh, Charlie and Willy Wonk and the and the Chocolate Factory. Um, he kind of he pretty well stays the same throughout, um, mm-hmm. but he is the audience surrogate essentially for this crazy adventure, um, and so I, I just kind of like seeing things through his eyes 
um, and how he um, how he deals with the situation he's in, and um, so it's kind of interesting from that point of view. But um, mm. and um, yeah, I guess also um, Marty seems like um, at least uh, at first glance I wouldn't say this necessarily, but um, after thinking about it, he kind of feels like a bit of an outsider um, within his own family a bit Mm -hmm. um, because the rest of his family seems um, I don't want to call them losers or anything (laughs) (laughs) Um, but they they're not um, not living their best lives let's say um and um i i think that marty kind of um maybe he feels like he's heading towards that to some degree um Mm -hmm. but um he's still kind of he's growing up and he seems to be a bit different uh in that he um for example stands up to biff early in the film before he goes into the past um Mm -hmm. uh, he he doesn't seem to um he he's not a weak character in the way that his father is um for example so um and um so yeah it's um it's a little interesting to think about that and um uh, i guess i don't know just talking about the movie in general it really is his father who has um the big character arc in the film um mm-hmm. and uh that would be another character that would be uh high up for me is is george mcfly um but um anyways that's just more of an aside um but yeah, uh, Marty McFly, um, cool guy, uh, yeah. loyal friend, and um, yeah, I love Michael J. Fox, so that's my <laughs> number four. Yeah, he's definitely one of those um, people you would want to hang around with. Yeah. Uh, he seems like the all-around good friend kind of yeah. character. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's popular enough. They made a insanely successful cartoon show based on him and the professor, or Doc Brown. So, oh yeah. Um, so yeah, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Um, well, my number three is a, a newer character at least uh for the movies mm-hmm. um based on a character from book a book um and i actually do not like the movies okay um, but i love this character hmm. i know that's weird um but it is hermione granger from harry potter series oh okay uh played by emma watson mm-hmm. um even early on when she was really young and took uh, first stepped into the role uh, I thought she did a very commendable job of playing this strong-willed, intelligent brave um, character 
um, but not letting her just be one note. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a combination of of a character who was, to me, way more interesting, way more capable than Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the movie had been about her, I probably would have been way more of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's she's dynamic and she's layered and she's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And um, I think in a day when sometimes the descriptions of feminism can get out of control. Um, I think you can look at a character like this and see her be a human being mm-hmm. um, with strengths and weaknesses um, or pride and uh, sometimes getting in the way um, and her need to uh, not her need, but sometimes her, her, um, Oh, her attitude about being right. Like she can come across a little pretentious at moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like I said, she's a very intelligent character and she's very strong, um, both, both in character and, um, in her abilities. Uh, so I, I find her a very fascinating character in an otherwise, um, uh, not enjoyable a series of, of movies for <laughs> <Okay>. me. <laughs> but I figure if I liked her that much that she needed to be on the list, especially since yeah. I'm not crazy about the movies. I just find the movies, I don't like it when we have movies where people, where the movie's about one character, but mm. um, they seem to be saved by everyone else mm. so often. Um, so that that kind of loses me. And that's, that's the reason I'm not a big fan of the movies. Okay. Um, but I, I think she's a wonderful young character. So. All right. Oh, the Potter fans are going to be after you. I know. Get I ready. Know. Uh, so I'm leaving my personal email off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a good choice, though. I like that character. Um, she's very, uh, very smart, very resourceful. And, um, yeah, pretty pretty complex yeah um now um how do you feel about her ending up with uh, ron weasley <laughs> <laughs> well i think it made sense mm-hmm. um i think considering what all harry had going on mm-hmm. and honestly i felt like she did way more for him than he did for her Mm-hmm. Um, my perception and um, Ron was the other person that she had been through everything with yeah um, who was still there for her and even though he wasn't he wasn't as adept at um, magic and other things throughout the series as she was he he obviously was still a very brave character yeah um, and so I I shipped it <laughs> to use some young lingo, I shipped it. <laughs> I ruined it when I said young lingo. I should have just left it alone. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, did that bother you? Did that relationship? Oh, not really. I was just no, no just asking, just yeah, to be funny more than anything. But yeah, well, yeah. you should know better when we're analyzing things to ask me those kinds of questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go deep, and I'm gonna go yeah. 
pull out my journalism thing and mm-hmm. do a whole essay for you about it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move on. Yes. Um, my number three. Um, yes. I did uh, after last episode where we talked about animated films. Mm-hmm. Um, gave me a few ideas for this list and... Um, this one makes my number three. It's uh, Charlie Brown uh, from A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, yeah. So famous from the Peanuts comic strip, of course. Uh, I think mm-hmm. everybody knows who Charlie Brown is. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, he's he's one of those characters who is, um, I think, pretty much everybody identifies with on some level um Mm -hmm. he's he has a lot of um oh a lot of self-doubt and a lot of um a lot of stuff that he worries about and um tries very hard but doesn't seem to come through and um i think uh, i think at some point everybody kind of identifies with with uh that aspect of his character that he's he's a really good guy and he um he's always trying um that's uh, probably the thing that that people like the most is that he doesn't doesn't give up um and um just seems like a very um very genuine kind of guy and um Again, someone who's a loyal friend, um, and he's he's just someone that you want to cheer for. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Charlie Brown. Um, don't have a whole lot more to say other than than that, but um, mm. that's my number three. I love it. Yeah. Um, in fact, um, he was one of the ones as I was doing my research for this subject. I ran across his and. Mm-hmm. Um, I immediately had fond f- feelings for the character. Yeah, for every re- for every reason you just said. Yeah. So, um, I actually was in Charlie Brown the Musical. Oh yeah. And I really wanted to be Charlie Brown. Uh huh. Um, but I got cast as Schroeder. Ah, Schroeder. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Charlie Charlie Brown's awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, my next choice, I, I'll tell you, you know, I'm a huge horror fan, so it was hard for me not to be like, oh, this character and this, there's so many kids in horror movies. Right. Um, but not all of them are great either. So it, it really wasn't that hard, but, um, I tried to limit myself on how many horror <laughs> movies I would have on here. This is the only other horror related, uh, child character I have on my list. And uh, this part um, both launched her career and ruined her career, mm. all in all in one, all in one move. And I'm talking about Linda Blair in The Exorcist yeah. as Reagan McNeil. Yeah. Um, what a powerful and shocking and uh, committed performance, mm-hmm. um, and a w- wonderful transformation from beginning to end for the character. Yeah. Um, she went through 
a lot of physical suffering for the role and uh, and brought out some very um, oh, some ch- some chilling expressions uh, mm-hmm. in in playing that part and it had to be difficult for someone of her age yeah um, to pull that out but uh, aside from the performance I just think uh, the character goes from an almost any girl um, who's fun and likable um, kind of living a, a cool hip lifestyle with the actress mom mm-hmm. um, and then her slow progression uh, in, into or her slow transformation it's not really a progression going becoming the devil um, <laughs> it's not progress um, her <laughs> her her, uh, her slow transformation is is really something uh, on the edge of your seat and really and drags out in the best possible way um, and not that I'd want to hang around with her um, but it was such a good character um, that I had to give give her credit so she's my number two hmm. Reagan McNeil good choice good choice I hadn't hadn't really thought about that one yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like you with um, your Marty McFly. I didn't think about him either, just because I'm so used to thinking about him as a uh, as an adult. Mm-hmm. Uh, that for some reason he didn't cross my mind as being a, a kid, right? And he really and he was so. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Um, my number two mm-hmm. is a character by the name of Addie Loggins, who is Mm. from Paper Moon. Um, And this is a character played by Tatum um, O'Neill, who um, was, uh, well, and still is, uh, the youngest Oscar winner ever for Mm -hmm. this part. Um, And um, in this film, she acts alongside her father, Ryan O'Neill. Um, and it takes place um, in the 1920s or 30s. And there, uh, Ryan O'Neill kind of plays a, a con man type. And, um, and Tatum O'Neill uh, joins the film uh, claiming to be his daughter. Um, and so they, they end up kind of riding around, um, around the country, uh, conning people and, um, getting into some trouble. Um, but the, mm. as far as the character goes, um, she is, um, a very determined character, a very, um, a very stubborn character, uh, at times and, uh, is also, bit of a schemer um uh, so she she teams well with uh ryan o'neill's character um Mm -hmm. and um yeah really really goes toe-to-toe with him and um really all the other adults in the movie um it's uh it's very it's a very funny movie um, but it also goes to some uh, more dramatic places as well, and, and she pulls off both 
um, really, really well. Um, and um, so, yeah, uh, mm. don't have a whole lot more to say on that character, but uh, just an, an impressive, impressive performance by uh, someone of her age. I forget exactly how old she was, maybe, maybe 10 or 11 uh, at the time. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah, very good. Interesting. I've not seen that one. Oh, yeah, I think you'd, I think you'd like it. Okay. I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah. Um, well, my number one mm-hmm. is Fat Albert. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Um, no, my number one is I went for a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went with Dorothy Gale from uh, The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah. Um, Judy Garland did such a good job of bringing this character to life and sort of giving it something different, a little bit different than uh, what the books had given the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and. She sort of represents, um, I think, every young person who's getting ready to transition into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Sort of looking at what's important and this this idea of where home is and leaving home, mm-hmm. um, but always, always appreciating your connections to it. Those are the things I think uh, we try to instill in young adults. Um, and she does a good job with that. And Dorothy's also, even though she's a very feminine character, you know, um, she's in her beautiful dress and mm-hmm. uh, sings and has her dog and is kind of gentle and, and a, a soft, uh, a, a, a big-hearted character. Uh, she's also fairly brave. You know, she stands up to the cowardly lion and smacks him when he's <laughs> trying to scare everybody. Yeah, She's not afraid to you know, sort of mouth off to the Wicked Witch or uh, at moments, even though she's terrified. Yeah. Um, So I think the character's uh, rather brave while uh, still being appropriately uh, feminine, being who she is. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's not wielding a sword or anything, but she's... uh, She's a, a good, strong character um, who does so without being, uh, oh, I don't want to use the term vulgar, but without being aggressive. Mm-hmm. She's strong without being aggressive, and I kind of like that. And I think um, she's a good representation of um, some of the best parts of young people. Hmm. So, cool. Dorothy, Dorothy Gale, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, right? yeah. 1939. Good choice. Classic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I figured that was a safe bet for me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So what do you have for number one? Number one for me um, Mm -hmm. might be a bit predictable for for me anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, that is Max Fisher from Rushmore. Oh, Oh, yes. Um, Continuing my Wes Anderson love, um, mm. yeah, I I like this character um, for the reasons that I like 
a lot of Wes Anderson characters. Um, he's very um, he's very complex, and he's a very uh, very flawed character. Um, he's uh, he's complex in that he's um, he's intelligent, but he's a poor student. He's he's an outsider, but at the same time very social. Uh, starting all kinds of school clubs and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. He's very mature, but uh, he can also act very immature. Um, and um, yeah, it's uh, so. There's all these all these conflicting things about him. Um, and um, uh, yeah, that uh, that seems to be the case with uh, Wes Anderson films is that. Um, the the kid characters act more adult, and the adult characters kind of act more like kids, um, mm-hmm. and that's definitely the case with this film. Um, but um, yeah, Max is also he's very creative. Um, he puts on these elaborate plays, which are awesome, <laughs> and. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the movie is, um, it's a coming-of-age film where um, he kind of uh, learns to accept himself, essentially, just kind of the way he is, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of a, it's a good message for, for a coming-of-age film, Um and um yeah i think uh, jason schwartzman who plays him does a really really good job uh, in the role it was his very first role um mm. and um yeah yeah very uh he's uh plays it very funny um at times and has um it's funny when he's um trying to act more uh, mature than he uh, really should for his age. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and he's, he's very good at that. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my number one. Um, yeah. Continuing my, my Wes Anderson mentions in in each <laughs> episode thus far. So. Yeah. 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 It's becoming a staple for you. Yeah. But I am okay with it because I think he's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, although I have not seen that movie. Oh, okay. I know. I know. Um, I really should, and I know it was uh, a big one for Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I will check it out one day for sure. Yes, definitely. So, well, cool. Yeah. I... Uh, I think it was nice to give a nod to the young ones. Yeah. Some of them aren't young anymore, but whatever. <laughs> That's um, true. What do you have for, I know you got to have some honorable mentions. I sure do. Um, yeah. And I, I have some and I, I probably should have even more than I do. Um, <laughs> but um, maybe you'll, you'll give me a few more ideas as we go here. Um but um uh first on my honorable mentions uh was your number one dorothy gale oh um yeah strongly considered that one for the list um but um just missed the cut so 
Yeah. Um, Poor Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also had uh, Kevin McAllister from the Home Alone films. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, being a kid of the 90s, I had to at least give a shout out to that character. Right. Um, and I have uh, the character Iris uh, from Taxi Driver, played by Jodie yeah. Foster. Yeah. Uh, one of her first roles. And uh, and she was very good in that. Um, it's kind of a disturbing part, but uh, she's very good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had uh, Mikey from The Goonies. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you're not uh, a, <laughs> that big of a fan of the movie, but... No. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I like that character. He's uh, he's a bit Charlie Brownish, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyways, I also had um, the uh, the two kids from Moonrise Kingdom. Um, okay. I thought I don't know that one. Oh, that's that's another Wes Anderson film. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're the leads of that film and. Um, yeah, they, they really carry it well, I thought. Um, now, uh, I have, I, I considered this one for the list, um, uh, but I, I wasn't sure that it would count. Um, but it would be big, uh, with Tom Hanks. Uh, um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, cause technically, I mean, yes, he, he turns into an adult, but he's still, basically a kid uh um but um yeah i always liked that performance it was a very fun movie that's a really uh clever choice i would have never thought of that it does count because he's yeah his age is yeah yeah huh nice yeah should have included that one ah oh well um uh, let's see. I also have um, Haley Steinfeld from True Grit, hmm. uh, the remake of True Grit. Mm-hmm. Um, she really uh, stands toe to toe with uh, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon in that film. Uh, it's no easy task. Mm-hmm. Um, um, let's see. I have. Um, I like Abigail Breslin in Little Miss Sunshine. It's <laughs> uh, always yeah. a good one. And um, got to give a shout out to the Lost Boys from Hook. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah, nice. So, mm. yeah, there's probably a bunch of others, um, but those are the ones I came up with. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, how about kind of blew my mind? <laughs> um, um, how about you? Let's see. Uh, repeat that you had on your list uh, was Olive from Little Miss Sunshine. Okay, yeah. Um, adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be one for me too. Yeah. Um. Hit Girl from Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I had Hush Puppy from Beast of the Southern Wild. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I was so endeared to that performance. I just thought that was uh, remarkable. Yeah. Um, I had Danny Torrance from The Shining. Mm-hmm. He was way on my list uh, just because eh, he's not as uh, multidimensional as some of the other characters. Right. Uh, and then Lucy from Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, okay. Uh, had Cher from Clueless. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is probably an odd one, um, but I really liked her. Sweet Pea from Sucker Punch. Oh, okay. I still haven't seen that one. I know it's it is what it is. <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people don't care for it. Uh-huh. Um, I I like it and I like what it tried to do, but um, and I think her characters got an interesting story. So, hmm. all right, yeah, good choices. Yeah, like you, I think there's probably another twenty we could throw on the list yeah, that are worth sure. mentioning, but. Oh, I know one. Um, Natalie Portman in uh, Leon. Oh, right. The, yeah. That was a really good uh, role and really good character. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. That's my list. All right. That's my list. So. All right. Another successful review. Another successful top five. Yeah. Uh, we've done it all. We have. Well, we've done all we're going to do. Right. <laughs> what else do you want from us people? So, no, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. We always have fun doing these. Yeah. Yeah. So, we need to do one that we'll hate just to throw things yeah. uh, in, in a mix. So. Yes, intentionally pick a bad film and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then a terrible top 10 that's yeah. not enjoyable at all yeah i mean top five yeah so well cool yeah all right well i suppose that wraps up another episode of cinema snobs um if you have any uh questions or comments um uh, you can Send us an email at uh, cinemasnobspod at gmail.com. Um, and what else do we want to mention before we sign off here? Um, if we could throw George's name out there one more time. Yes. George Jividen, who yes. uh, did our music for us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's open to doing any music for any uh, project you may have. So give us a shout if you need some music. Yeah. Definitely. Um, otherwise, I I think you've done a good job of giving them what they need. All right. Well, I aim to please. So. Yeah. Um. All right. I guess we'll sign off and uh, we'll come up with our topics for for next episode. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Yes. So, until then, uh, we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>